Today on The Matt Wall Show, the mask wars are driving people insane. Uh, but the mask issue should not be ideological and doesn't need to be a, a battleground in the culture war. So today I hope to inject a little bit of basic common sense into the mask debate because a lot of that is lacking. Also, five headlines, including crazed Taylor Swift fans doxing a music reviewer who didn't like tw Taylor Swift's album enough. She liked it, but not enough, and so she got doxxed. And in our daily cancellation, I'll preemptively cancel the uh, false narrative around the latest video of a man dying in police custody. I have the video, the footage. We'll talk about it. Of course, there's a lot of false narratives already cropping up. All of that coming up. Okay, beginning here. Look, usually I save the daily cancellation for the end of the show, and, and, and we will have one at the end of the show. But today is going to be a rare double cancellation. We will cancel at the beginning and at the end, and who knows, maybe in the middle too. You never know. What I really like to do is cancel any and all mask cultists on either side, okay? Pro-mask, anti-mask. Anyone who intentionally makes a scene in public over masks, pro or anti, is canceled. Anyone on a crusade to spread the good news or bad news about masks is canceled. Anyone who even talks about masks is canceled. I'm so sick of it. Which means that I'm canceled too. Fine. This is a, this is a kamikaze mission on my part. This whole mask thing is driving people quite literally insane. Uh, masks have become somehow a societal touchstone, a battleground for the culture war, which I suppose shouldn't surprise me. I mean, even butter and syrup and chicken sandwiches have been battlegrounds for the culture war in recent times. Um, but now masks have become a way for both sides of the culture to, 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 to signal their allegiance. You know, they have become a way to identify the in-group and the out-group, pro-mask versus anti-mask, the two tribes, because everything is tribal these days. So I want to show you the latest example. This is um, a video, uh, pretty disturbing in a lot of ways. This is from a Walmart in Georgia. Uh, in Georgia. Watch this. Yes, you heard that right. The old woman in the mask wishes death on the family that doesn't have a mask. To include the small children. She wishes death on small children because they aren't wearing masks. Like I said, driven insane. She says, I hope you all die because you're going to kill me. Now, even if that were true, what kind of adult, especially older adult, wishes death on small children in order to preserve their own lives? You know, th uh, th this four-year-old must die so that I can live another few years and be miserable and selfish the whole time. I have to spread my, I still have so much more misery and selfishness to spread throughout the earth. Um, then again, I shouldn't be shocked because a similar thought process has led to the murder of 60 million children in the womb in this country. So what else could I really expect? And also, for the record, of course, she is not going to die because those people aren't wearing masks. She is going to die at some point. We all will. But it's not going to be because that family wasn't wearing a mask. She's wearing a mask. All she has to do now is avoid them. Walk in the other direction. If anyone in that family has the virus, it isn't going to jump out of their mouths and travel through the store, through the aisles to attack her while she's over in the Raisin Bran aisle or whatever she's doing. So if you're really worried that, that uh, about people who aren't wearing masks, why are you in their face yelling at them? Just walk away. Give them space. Isn't that what you would do if you're afraid someone has a deadly disease? 
But let's be fair here, okay? Pro-mask cultists aren't the only ones making scenes in public. I'll show you another video. This, this is a video, and there are many like it, of a guy at a grocery store in California going crazy, screaming at employees who are simply trying to enforce uh, their company mask policy. Watch. That is not a random person harassing that guy. Okay, this is an employee who works for the establishment. They were being perfectly reasonable. He's being a lunatic. Okay, now, I want to make a few points about masks. And if I'm lucky, I'll piss off everybody on all sides of this infernal debate. Um, We'll start with this. Number one. Masks are not magical cloths that guarantee you safety from all all harm. In fact, the science is not settled at all on how effective the masks actually are. Uh, That's why the government originally told us not to wear them. Scratch that. Didn't just tell us not to wear them, but aggressively scolded and shamed anyone who did wear them. You may remember this tweet from the Surgeon General in February. Uh, It said, seriously, people, stop buying masks, all caps. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus, but if healthcare providers don't get to get don't get them to care for sick patients, it puts them and our communities at risk. So if if the government has trouble getting people to buy into masks, they only have themselves to blame. And a little bit of acknowledgement and accountability on that score would be nice. After all, they were again the ones going out and shaming people for wearing masks for months until they changed their tune. Number two. Masks are also not a communist conspiracy to control and oppress you. A federal mask mandate requiring people to wear masks all the time everywhere in the country would be bad news. And I certainly, and certainly unconstitutional, and I would oppose it passionately. But in most cases, even aside from what the local ordinances say, retail outlets and other stores have their own policies requiring masks. And a big reason they do that is to cover their own butts against liability. Someone's going to get sued because a customer got coronavirus in their store. Nobody wants to be the company that, that, that deals with that lawsuit. That's perfectly reasonable, as far as I can tell. And if I was in their shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. Walking into a store that requires or requests masks and making a point of not wearing them just makes you a jackass, not a freedom fighter. These establishments have the right to set the rules. Respect that or go elsewhere. Also, by the way, when you go charging into a store without a mask, all you're doing is causing problems for the kid at the entrance 
who's supposed to be enforcing the rule, or as was the case in the video I just played for the young lady who, who has to enforce it. You're just getting him in trouble or her in trouble and making their lives more difficult. That makes you a jerk, not a hero. I mean, who do you think you're standing up against? You're standing up against you know, an employee that gets paid $9 an hour, just causing problems for them. Number three, you're not a hero for wearing a mask either. It, it's not a sign of virtue. It doesn't make you a good person. People who don't wear masks aren't evil. Uh, if they aren't wearing them in a store that requires them, they're being jerks to the store employees, but they aren't demon spawns. I mean, the guy in the video kind of acted like one a little bit, but, but, but most aren't. And uh, they, aren't a re they aren't any real threat to your health either. Just give them a wide berth if you're concerned and you'll be fine. If it's a situation where masks are not required, as is the case in most of the establishments where I happen to live, then people will make their own decisions and you should mind your own damn business. Personally, I don't wear a mask unless it's required. That's my choice, my business. You make your own choice. And if you're petrified to leave your home unless every human everywhere is wearing a mask, then you suffer from paranoid delusions. And you should probably seek psychological care. Coronavirus is the least of your problems, you insane person. Number four, wearing masks outside while you walk down the sidewalk is very stupid and pointless and in 100 degree heat, probably not sanitary with all the sweat and everything that's gathering in there. You're not going to contract or spread the coronavirus while walking past someone outside. Uh, the virus, according to the CDC and all research we've seen, is mostly spread through close and prolonged contact with sim symptomatic people. That accounts for the vast majority of infections. Your chance of getting it outside, walking down the road, is extremely, extremely, extremely small. But again, make your own choices. You know, it's up to you. Number five, Actually, there is no five. Four is quite enough. My point is made. Um, those are all of my opinions about masks. I have no more opinions. I don't know how many how people have so many opinions and so strongly about masks. This is one of those things, as I said at the top, where I wish we could all just have just a little bit of common sense. That's all. Just, just apply a, a little bit of normal common sense to the situation and... Um, and I think we'll be, we'll be okay. All right, let's move on to our five headlines. We're going to go through these headlines here. Remember, um, there's so much going on in the news. If you want to keep up with all of it, make sure to get a reader's pass at dailywire.com. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe today, and that will give you access to all of our exclusive content, uh, minus the, the mainstream media leftist spin, Get exclusive op-eds from your podcast hosts, as well as guest writers, in-depth analysis from Daily Wire reporters, um, on top of all the regular breaking news as well. The membership tier is $3 a month, but you can get your first month for $0.99. Cents. So go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Okay, um, where are we? Number one, a hologram effigy of George Floyd will be touring the southern states to be projected onto Confederate monuments in Georgia, North Carolina, uh, Virginia, uh, other places. Floyd's family members are behind this project, and they unveiled it at a, at a ceremony in Richmond, I think it was yesterday, Proje and it was projected over a Jefferson Davis memorial. The Daily, News, the Daily News describes the hologram this way. It says, the hologram starts out with fireflies that coalesce into a 3D image of Floyd with his name depicted in graffiti on either side to reflect the murals that have sprung up worldwide. Now, 
Okay. I want you to imagine how traumatizing this must be. Legitimately traumatizing for George Floyd's victims. And yes, he did have victims. Um, just how, how would you feel? Think about how you would feel. Put yourself in the shoes of his victims. Think about the woman who was robbed at gunpoint by Floyd after he forced his way into her house, held a gun to her stomach in front of her child. How would she feel, how would you feel, if that happened to you? Seeing the giant face of your attacker glowing and projected onto a memorial like he's some kind of heavenly vision. Uh, this, as, as I've been saying for a while now, you know, we, we have gone, of course, way, way, way beyond just uh, expressing outrage over an unjust death. This, this is way into the realm of canonizing, sanctifying, hero worship of a man who was, to put it really mildly, not a hero at all. Um, but this is what we're doing. Let's go to number two. Here's a, a fun story. Reading from the New York Post, it says, A suspected arsonist faces up to 20 years in jail for trying to torch Portland's Justice Center. And he was, and I hope he actually does all 20 years, which, which, but I think we know that's not going to happen. Uh, he was easily identified thanks to a tattoo of his name on his back, according to prosecutors. Edward, Edward uh, Shinzing, 32, was one of 30 who broke into the area that houses the city's police headquarters under the cover of protests in late May. The mob attack led to the area later being secured with heavy gates. Um, after smashing windows, the mob spray-painted offices, broke computers, and then started a series of fires in a jail records office, forcing staff to flee for safety. Um, Shinzing was, according to the police department, identified by a comparison with a jail booking photo and a distinctive tattoo of his last name across his back. Um, a booking photograph shows his surname in large letters across his back, seem seemingly matching those of a topless intruder caught in security camera footage from the attack. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately for, for him, his last name is Shinzing. Like, at least if it was Smith or Johnson or something like that, he could maybe claim that the guy in the footage is someone else, someone with his last name who looks just like him and also has the same tattoo. It's not a very plausible denial, but at least it's possible. Uh, it's more possible than claiming that there's more than one Shinzing in the area uh, up to mischief. I'll never understand. Of, of all the, the dumb tattoos people get, I will never understand getting a tattoo of your own name. This is a, a somewhat common thing. And I, I just don't get it. it it's, it's pretty lazy, for one thing. It seems as though you went to the tattoo parlor, sat down, had no idea what you wanted, and then came up with this on the spot. It's like the, the tattoo artist, oh, so what do you want? Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, my name? No, let's just go with that. But of course, that's not how tattoos work. You know, maybe it works that way in like prison. I don't know, but in the in the free world, it's a slower and more considered process. And yet, you settle on your own name, and though and then, and then you go and commit crimes with your shirt off, exposing your name. Antifa. Antifa. They are not sending their best. Uh, they really aren't. Or maybe this is their best, which is a scary thought. Number three, the actress. Uh, I think she's an actress. Tiffany Haddish appeared on Carmela Anthony's. Carmelo Anthony's show yesterday. Carmelo Anthony, of course, the basketball player, apparently has his own show. Uh, everybody does these days. 
They even gave one to me. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to get one. And during the discussion at one point, she explained why she doesn't want to bring kids into this world. And speaking of being paranoid, uh, listen to this. I'm not a fearful person, right? But like I have watched many of my friends, not many, but I've, uh, more than two of my friends growing up be killed by police officers, you know? And, and it makes you feel like, dang, you know, as a black person, we were being hunted. And like, I felt like, and I've always felt like that we're hunted and we're slaughtered. And it's like, they get this license to kill us and that's not okay. And, you know, now I'm I'm older now, I'm a little older. And people are always like, you gonna have baby when you gonna have some babies? When you gonna drop some babies? And and there's a part of me that would, would like to do that. And I always make up these excuses like, oh, I need a million dollars in the bank before I can touch you. I need this, I need that. But really it's like, I would hate to give birth to someone that looks like me and then knowing that they're going to be hunted or killed. You know, like, why would I put someone through that? Look, I know it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, nope, nobody, nobody cares. It, we're, we're way past the point when things like facts make a difference to anyone. But for the record, this police are hunting people down thing is completely and totally untrue. Um, not even a little true. There is literally zero truth to it. It never happens. So when someone says police are hunting and killing uh, black people, it's not just that they're exaggerating. It's that they're inventing something that never happens. Certainly not in recent history. Uh, unless, I mean, prove me wrong. Give me an example. Give me an example, if you have one, of police going out and hunting and killing a black person. Um, now, there are cases of, of police killing people, obviously. In the vast majority of those cases, the people who are killed were in the process of trying to kill officers. That's true, as, as we have gone over, even of the unarmed killings. In most of those cases, uh, the, 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 the person was trying to kill officers, either by using a... Uh, a weapon that doesn't count as a weapon in the official reports, like a vehicle, or by trying to disarm them and take their weapon and use it against them, that sort of thing. And in the very, 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 very small minority of, of actual unjust killings, none of them that I've ever heard of could be honestly described as police hunting and killing someone. You want to say the George Floyd killing was unjust? Fine. If you say that, that the man was hunted and killed then you're just a dishonest, ridiculous hack. And I think you know that. Um, number four, the Daily Beast has a report now about the insane backlash a music review for the site Pitchfork faced. Her the, the reviewer named uh, is Jillian Mapes. Um, and Mapes wrote a positive but mildly critical review of Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore, I think it's called. And because it wasn't positive enough, Swift's fans harassed her, actually doxed her, according to the Daily Beast, posted her address and her phone number, um, doxed her because the, she didn't like Taylor Swift's album enough. She liked it, but didn't like it enough. You know, she gave a, whatever, a B minus or something, whatever her grade was, and it wasn't an A plus. You know, it's not good enough. This is why of all the lost souls, of all the deranged groups of people in America, and there are many of them, None are more lost or more deranged than people who find their, their identity in their fandom. 
you know, whether they're fans of a pop star or a movie like Star Wars or a TV show or video games, whatever it is, um, there's nothing wrong with being a fan. Okay. I'm a fan, believe it or not. There are, there are things and people that I like, if you can believe it. Not many, but there are some. Um, what I'm talking about is finding your identity in your fandom. If that's like the most important thing to you in your life, for that to be basically the number one thing about you, the most prominent component of your life is that you're a fan of this thing or this person. Uh, if, if you fall into that category, then you are, no offense, the most pathetic sort of person that it's possible to be. The phrase, get a life, was invented for you specifically. Um, and here's how to know that you're in that group, okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not sure if you're, if you're that far into it. Um, here's how to know you're in that group or you're, you're, you're headed in that direction. You're nearly in that group. If you get angry, actually, truly angry when someone doesn't like a form of entertainment that you like, you know, if you are incapable of having a discussion with someone who is critical of your favorite thing or who doesn't like as much as you, if you cannot engage with any critical discussion of this thing or person that you like, uh, because you become blind with fury and start to feel real hatred towards that person, that's a good sign that you are way, way too invested in this thing, whatever it is. And yes, that goes for sports teams too. I will throw that in. I'm not going to leave that out. And I say that as someone who sometimes teeters close to the edge of being a pathetic loser in this regard. I admit that. I do take my fandom of the Baltimore Ravens quite seriously, too seriously, in fact. And, um, and so, yes, I am kind of a pathetic loser there. But, but the saving grace is that it only lasts for four months out of the year. Uh, so for four months of the year, I'm a pathetic dork when it comes to the, you know, my football fandom, but then I revert back to being normal again for, for the rest of it. So it's only a third of the year. Okay. For me being pathetic, it's not too bad. It's not great, but it's, it's not as bad as it could be. But even as seriously as I take sports, you know, I still don't take it as seriously as some people do. You know, I've seen a, a not unfamiliar sight. People get into fist fights. I mean, many of us have seen this. If you're at a, a stadium or a, a sports bar, I was at a sports bar a little while ago, and two dudes in, in different team jerseys got into a, a fight. Now, granted, there was alcohol involved, okay, but but even so, um, I've never been tempted to punch someone because they liked a different team than me. Think about what that is, okay? You're you're trying to cause physical harm to someone. Because they like to watch a different group of men play a game. Oh yeah? This group of men are better at playing the game than than your favorite group. No, they're not. No, this group is even better. You bastard, I'll kill you. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not stable is all I'm saying. It really doesn't. Stop and think about what you're doing. Every once in a while. Um, okay, number five. This is, this is good to report from the New York Post. Um, says, we read a little bit, it says, there's some real monkey business at a British safari park where a roving gang of baboons armed with knives and even a chainsaw have been wreaking havoc and sowing fear, according to a report. The prowling primates are known to have vandalized vehicles, uh, ripping off windshield wipers and mirrors from them at the Nosley Safari Park. Uh, But the baboons, now I'm, I'm just reading through here. Oh, this is disappointing. I should have read this before. Now park officials are saying that it's uh, it's a myth. The park told the news outlet, we believe many of these stories have grown in exaggeration as they've been retold with embellishment to make the objects that are f- sometimes found in the enclosure 
seem more exciting and unbelievable. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. This is what I get for just going with the headline. Usually I try to do better than that. Usually I try to, you know, I, 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 I'm, I, I try not to be one of those people that just sees a headline and I'm off to the races. But when the headline is chainsaw wielding baboons, I'm going with the headline. Okay, because, and this is exactly why. Then you read the details and it's, it's depressing because it turns out maybe that's not actually the case. I, I like the idea though. Okay, this is what I want to say. This is good because I think we can all agree right that it's it's probably time to wrap up this whole humanity deal like i think we've all it's it's we, we've we've all seen enough we've really run our course and, and milked it for what it's worth and uh, it's probably time to just you know get on with it get on with the apocalypse one way or another so it's just a matter now of choosing the best apocalypse okay how do we want to finally self destruct and a planet of the apes type of thing could be a lot of fun now if i had my pick of the of the litter i would still go with the alien invasion but if that's not going to happen if my dreams are dashed um, then I think, yeah, arm the baboons, maybe do a little genetic ma- manipulation type of thing like they do in the movies and just let them go to work. Um, not a bad way for the human species to go out. I think you have to admit. So those are our five headlines. Let's go to our daily cancellation today for our daily cancellation. I'm going to be canceling preemptively all the false narratives, current and future, um, over the latest incident of a suspect dying while police attempt to restrain him during an arrest. This is Lionel Morris. He died on February 4th at a grocery store as police tried to place him under arrest. Uh, The media is running with the story. The usual suspects are uh, chiming in. Another George Floyd, they're saying. The Washington Post headline is is clearly meant to give a certain impression. Uh, Their headline, if you can talk, you can breathe. Arkansas cops tell man who later dies in police custody. Okay, but all you need to do is read the Washington Post article, the actual article, not just the headline, speaking of actually reading articles, to see the truth. So let's, uh, let's, let's do that now. Let's, let's look at, the, this is like the second paragraph of the article. It says, Morris had run from officers on February 4th and then placed one officer in a chokehold and tried to pull out a knife, according to police, after the supermarket had reported him for removing a drone from its packaging, i.e. he, he was trying to steal it. Um, but as an officer had his knee on this 39-year-old's back inside Harp's food store, Morris, handcuffed and lying face down, repeatedly offered a succinct and familiar plea, I can't breathe. There's um, body cam footage and surveillance footage that has been released, and you can see it online. Prosecutors cleared the officers of any wrongdoing in the case, and that's why it's um, in the news now, and that's why the footage, uh, the footage was released. The footage shows why there was no, there, there are no charges in this case. The body cam video is 45 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, of course, but, but here's a, here's how the arrest began. At least we'll play this and you'll see just the beginning of it. You can go on YouTube to see the rest, but uh, here's how the, the arrest started. Okay, Brandy, now, put your hands behind your back. Jason, you too. What's that? What's that? Hey, on your back. Come on, sir, please. Hey. Okay, 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 okay. Put it back there. I got it.
Now, you can't see a lot of the details there, but you can tell he's running, obviously, fighting. The officer ends up on his back. And we're told Morris tried to pull a knife, put an officer in a chokehold. Um, also, here's, here's, uh, there, there's, there's, there's other information about the story that's important. This also is from the post, but it's buried deeper down in the article. It says, uh, the medical examiner concluded that Morris died of methamphetamine intoxication with a combination of exertion, struggle, restraint, and conducted uh, electrical weapon deployment. Uh, according to a letter from prosecuting attorney Carol Cruz to explain his death in custody, Tapley pointed to toxicology reports finding that Morris had substances including methamphetamine, morphine, amphetamine, opioids, opiates, and uh, cannabinoids in his system. Okay, so a whole bunch of drugs. To review here, Morris died because he was trying to steal something. Cops were called. They tried to arrest him because theft is illegal, FYI. He ran, assaulted officers, tried to use a deadly weapon, and all of that commotion eventually killed him due in large part to the cocktail of illegal drugs that he had put into his body. Who is to blame here? Is it the cops who tried to arrest a man who committed a crime and then defended themselves against his violent attack? Or is it the man who took a bunch of drugs, tried to steal something, then attacked the officers who came to arrest him? Who who should we blame? It's a tough call, isn't it? Actually, no, it's not. It's not a tough call at all. Um, it, this, this is pretty straightforward. And amid all this talk about accountability, holding police accountable, how about some very basic accountability for people like Lionel Morris? You know, wh- wh- in, in all of these cases, that part of it is always left out. What, what could the cops have done differently? Okay, what could Lionel Morris have done differently? I can think of dozens of things he could have done differently. Um, Certainly several big ones, like don't steal. Uh, If you do steal and the cops come, okay, they have every right to arrest you. You were trying to commit a crime. We live in a civilized society. We have laws. If you break them, you get arrested. So don't run. If you do try to make a run for it, which seems like a really bad idea because uh, you're, you're, you know, first of all, the woman that you're with is, 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 is not running. So they've got her, they're going to find you. You're on surveillance footage. You're not going to, you're not going to get away. So running makes no sense at all. There's no reason to do it. Uh, but it, so don't do that. Even if you do do that, don't then assault the police officer when they finally catch up to you. Um, and even if you do all of those things, don't take a bunch of potentially lethal drugs ahead of time that could, uh, you know, result in your death. I mean, you know, that, that's that's a list of what four or five things that Lionel Morris could have done differently, and if he had made a different choice on any one of those things, okay, just just if he had take any one of those points, if he had made a different choice, he'd be alive today. And it's it's not a high bar either, right? Like, don't take a bunch of drugs, try to steal something, and then assault the officers who come to arrest you. That is not a high bar to get over. It's not like we're expecting something unreasonable of Lionel Morris in this case. He made a whole series of really, really bad choices, and then he died. It's very sad. As I, you know, it's it's always sad when someone dies. It's always sad, especially when someone chooses to throw their own life away for no reason. You know, any any death is sad, but a death. Because 
because you wanted to buy yourself a, a, a few minutes of not being in custody after you tried to steal a drone from a grocery store? It's like, you're going to throw your life away over that. It's, it's, it's a really sad thing. But it's not a moral outrage. Uh, there's no injustice here. So we, we know what Lionel Morris could have done differently. Very obvious. If you want to start picking apart the police officers and Monday morning quarterbacking it, uh, what, what could they have done differently? Let's go through the chain of events on the part of the officers. Uh, they get a call that someone's trying to steal at a store. They respond to the call. We all agree they should do that, right? They're not going to ignore it. Um, they show up to the scene. They investigate the situation. Okay, we all agree they should do that, right? They're going to go up to Lionel Morris and the woman that he's with. They're going to ask a question. Uh, they find that he that he's removed a drone from the packaging and left it, you know, on a shelf and has put the drone somewhere. Pretty good evidence that he's trying to steal it. You don't do that if you're planning to pay for it. Um, so now they know, or it's, it seems very clear that he's that he was trying to commit a crime. Uh, so they're going to arrest him. Is, is that a problem? I mean, he, he was trying to commit a crime. Again, we do live in a civilized society with laws. I know the left would prefer if we didn't, but we do. And it's their job to enforce them. So they try to arrest him. So far, they've done nothing wrong. Okay. Now, let, let's compare. The chain of events, we've got, you know, parallel actions and choices of the officers and Lionel Morris. It, it's parallel until they intersect. These parallel choices, so far, the officers have done nothing wrong. Lionel Morris already has made a series of really bad choices, taking a bunch of drugs, trying to steal something. And now there's the intersection. They try to make the arrest. He runs. What do they do here? Do you expect him to say, oh, never mind. Oh, he's, he's running, guys. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Let's go. Of course, they're going to chase him. They have to. He's, they're trying to arrest him. He ran away. The only other option there is to say, well, uh, if you get arrested and you run, then you're, you're home free. You, well, we might as well not have police at that point. So they try to chase him down. Uh, can't blame him for that. Once they get him, now he's someone who's resisting. You know, this is this is a big, this is a man. This is a you know a, a, a younger. You know, this is not like a young child that they're trying to apprehend here. This is a grown man that they're trying to apprehend. He obviously is resisting, so they have to use force to bring him down. Now he's putting them in chokeholds. He's trying to grab for a weapon. He is now a lethal threat to them. And so they don't pull out a gun and shoot him. They try to use a taser. They use less lethal means. Um, and, and finally they get him down and they're just, they're holding him on the ground while they try to cuff him. Amid all that chaos, we've already established that leading up to the chaos, the officers did everything right. I mean, there's nothing, what else could they have done while Lionel Morris was doing everything wrong? But even amid all the case, what else do you want them to do? They, they're trying to, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. If you've never tried to do it, I've never done it, but I, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll take the police word for it, that when you're trying to cuff a grown man who doesn't want to be cuffed, that's a difficult thing. It's not, it's not, it's not easily done. And it requires some force. That, that seems logical to me. I could, I'll buy that. I could believe that. And so, yes, they've, they've got him down the ground. They've got a, they're not on his neck. They've got a knee on the back. How else are they going to affect the arrest? What else do you want them to do? And then he dies. Because, largely, he was, he, he was on a cocktail of drugs. 
If he wasn't on those drugs, he'd be alive. Um, so it just seems pretty obvious to me who is, uh, who is responsible here. And it may be at a certain point we could start just holding people accountable, not just police officers, other people too, accountable for their own actions. A really basic bar that we could say to people, you know, you really got to get over that bar. Um, that society expects that of you. I think that should be our, our message as well. So that false narrative is canceled. A lot of cancellations today. Been, been good. A lot of fun. We'll leave it there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Big tech, big brother is watching you. Joe Biden continues to enjoy his year-long weekend at Bernie's, and male feminists continue to show how creepy they really are. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.